Welcome to Monuments and Movements. On today's episode, we discuss Christianity and abortion. Is it possible to be Christian and be pro-choice? Let's talk about it. Well, hey, welcome to the Monuments and Movements podcast, where we talk about the culture and what you as an individual can do to help shape it and uh, to step up and inspire and be a leader in, in your, your sphere of influence. Uh, my name's Justin, and I'm here with my man, Kenny. Kenny, what's up, man? How's it going? What's going on? We're back at it. Back at it. We're, we're, we're on the grind. Going for it. Yeah. We're diving into it today. Yeah. On the docket today for you guys, we have um, talking about Christianity and abortion. Ooh. Getting to some pretty uh, pretty deep waters here. Uh, I thought we're not allowed to talk about that. Hey, someone's got to break the rules. <laughs> well, let's do it. Let's break the rules. You know, I think today, today, you know, me and Kanye, we've been discussing a lot about the things we're going to talk about. We've, we've got a lot of really cool, interesting topics that we want to start bringing to you guys over the next few weeks. And uh, specifically, you know, we were kind of talking about this a few minutes ago, really just the purpose of the podcast and while we talk. Yeah. You know, and kind of the, the catchphrase that we've used when we talk about the podcast is it's, it's a cultural commentary. You know, we're not really into like, we don't want to be a political podcast. We don't want to be like a conservative or a liberal podcast. We really just want to look at the culture from a leadership perspective, right. as from the perspective of someone who's really trying to be a change, right, in their world, in their, their sphere of influence, however big or small it is. And we're really trying to look at the world you know, from a leadership perspective and obviously from our backgrounds, which is mostly right. Christian. And, you know, really just try to help you as a leader, right, whether or not you have the title, really navigate through these times and understand what's going on. Right. Yeah, and I think that's important is to, like, obviously we have specific views and specific um, opinions about things mm-hmm. and why we believe what we believe. And while that is important, uh, um, I also think that this, discussions like what we're about to have today are very important to and I hope I hope actually important yes but also inspiring to to people yeah. everywhere to how how you can use your voice to to overall shape the world and make it a better place because at the end of the day like yeah we're talking about Christianity and we're talking about abortion and what and a lot of things in, in the middle of all of that but you know at the end of the day we always try to bring a big takeaway from whatever the subject matter is a big takeaway on how we can make the world a better place and how we can um, use our voice and the things that, you know, God has entrusted us with to, to shape the future. And, and I think that's really what it's about. Um, So before, you know, I guess we just kind of put that out there because before (laughs) we get, before we get too controversial or, I mean, at the end of the day, it doesn't hurt our feelings, but, but at the same time, we want people to feel empowered and inspired um, something that goes deeper than just the subject matter. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we want to talk about stuff, you know, especially this topic about, you know, can a Christian be pro-choice? Yeah. Obviously, it's a really heated discussion, and it's a really heated topic, and it's taboo. Mm-hmm. If you ever hang out with me and Kenny in person, we, we talk about this kind of stuff all the time. Pretty much if there's a topic you're not supposed to talk about, We're talking Kenny, about. I'm like, hey, Kenny, what's up, man? I'll call <laughs> him and be like, what do you think about this? And we'll, we'll talk about it. So we just... We're kind of inviting people into that, yeah. but um, you know, I think it's it's important, especially you know, as leaders and people who want to be people of influence, is you got to talk about the difficult things. You got to talk about the important things, right? And so we want to talk about the important things. So let's do it. Let's get into it. All right. So topic today: Can a Christian be pro-choice, mm. 
Or if you are pro-choice, are you a Christian? Wow. Obviously, it's a pretty hot topic. Yeah. It's, it's kind of interesting because uh, about, you know, I'd say 10 years ago, it is pretty much unanimous that the church, Christianity, Christians were yeah, pro-life. Yeah. Right? Abortion was not an option on the table, but it seems like over the course of the last 10, 10 years or so, there, there's been a huge change mm-hmm. uh, in philosophy and ideology right. about Christians and being pro-choice. And there are a lot of Christians now that are embracing that idea and embracing mm-hmm. that philosophy, that worldview that, you know, abortion is okay. A lot of Christians now even believe that that is the compassionate wow. choice. And so I just, I think that's pretty interesting, but at the same time, it feels like a lot of people are kind of get lost in this topic and it's become one of those things that, yeah. you know, people are afraid to speak up about. Right. And so we just thought we'd speak up today and share a little bit about yeah, and I think it's one of those things, one of the topics, uh, one of those topics that when you step back and you, 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 you back up and you, you know, two people sitting across the table from each other line out why they are defending what they're defending, mm-hmm. I think that you might find that they actually have a lot more in common yeah. than they think. I think it's just one of those things that uh, it's a matter of definitions and yeah. it's a matter of of defining what you mean, what you're trying to say and specific verbiage and yeah. science uh, you know <laughs> yeah and if you know anything about me and kenny we're not afraid to explain our definitions of things come on <laughs> so we're gonna define well obviously you know we're we're men yeah and so i know that the issue of abortion especially when it comes to men there there's this this kind of belief or the this big kind of movement that says you know if you're a man stay out of it yeah you know you don't you don't understand the woman's situation and, you know, part of that's true. I don't understand the woman's situation. You know, I will never right. personally be in a position where I have to get an abortion. But in my perspective, you know, abortion is as much a man problem as it is a woman problem. Yeah. Now, I know a lot of people immediately when I say that are like, you know, <laughs> the, the triggers get going. Yeah. You know, yeah. the, the pistons get firing. Pause. <laughs> And so here's why I say that. I say that because a woman does not get pregnant by herself. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. I don't know, that's biology, bio 101, you know. For every time that a woman gets pregnant, there's a guy involved. Right. Right, and I think every woman that gets put in the position of getting an abortion, or if it's presented with that choice, I know some women mm-hmm. are really into it, you know, but any woman who gets put in that position, there is a guy involved at some level or the other. Right. And... um you know, I think with as irresponsible as men have become, especially over the last few decades, and, yeah. you know, as many men as walk out on women in this whole kind of sexual revolution where guys just try to sleep with as many women as they can right. and walk out, you know, in, in my opinion, from my perspective, right, and from my realm, right, once again, that's the realm where I can do something right. about, you know, the, the, the sphere of influence that I have. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, a lot of this abortion issue would be alleviated if men would take responsibility. Yeah. You know, if men would be honorable. And, you know, I mean, that's a whole nother podcast maybe we could do. Yeah. Men stepping no, but up. definitely. Right. And so, you know, a lot of people have told me, well, you're a guy. You know, you can't talk about abortion. And I say, well, you weren't aborted. So, right. <laughs> you can't. 
you know, I, I would think that'd be the bigger qualification. So, <laughs> but all, all that being said, you know, I'm going to share anyways, and I hope, you know, maybe you could take something away from it. So we were looking up some articles and I wanted to read this article. I thought it was pretty interesting. It's uh, it's actually a quote. I'm going to read a little bit of the article because the full article is really long, but, and don't worry, I'm not going to take like little snippets and try to <laughs> try to manipulate it my own way. We're, we're pretty honest here. But I'm just going to take a quote, and this is a quote from Reverend Dave Barnhart. He's an ordained elder of the United Methodist Church who had something called the House Churches of St. Hunia in Birmingham, Alabama. Some time ago, he wrote the following, which has been widely shared by liberal Christians. Quote, The unborn are a convenient group of people to advocate for. They never make demands of you. They are morally uncomplicated, unlike the incarcerated, addicted, or the chronically poor. They don't resent your condescension or complain that you are not politically correct. Unlike widows, they don't ask you to question patriarchy. Unlike orphans, they don't need money, education, or childcare. Unlike aliens, they don't bring all that racial, cultural, and religious baggage that you dislike. They allow you to feel good about yourself without any work at creating or maintaining relationships. And when they are born, you can forget about them because they cease to be unborn. He went on. It's almost as if by being born, they have died. You can love the unborn and advocate for them without substantially challenging your own wealth, power, or privilege. Ooh, that word, privilege without reimagining social structures, apologizing, or making reparations to anyone. They are, in short, the perfect people to love if you want to claim you love Jesus, but actually dislike people who breathe. Prisoners, immigrants, the sick, the poor, widows, orphans, all the groups that are specifically mentioned in the Bible, they all get thrown under the bus for the unborn. End of quote. I mean, this this article goes on, I think, to explain this quote, but I just want to throw this quote out there. Wow. And uh, we can just kind of get into it ourselves. Yeah. I guess let me just clarify what, where I kind of stand. I think the lives of the unborn, to to use the phrase that was used, the lives of the 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 baby inside of the womb, is some of is is if not the most precious and pure life that there is. Yeah. Um you know, I, I think the the beauty, the wonder of of birth and conception in and of itself um is something divine and yeah. is something no matter how the baby was conceived, right? Because we can go down all those avenues. What about this? What if this? What if this? And yes, those are valid points and discussion points and arguments. But um, I think at the end of the day, I mean, I know doctors can't even, you know, people who have to go to clinics to just just to get pregnant. The doctors will tell you, you can spend all of these thousands of dollars. There's no guarantee that there's really nothing that they can do to ensure that it's the process of conception will work. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's such a divine mystery. And I think it's one of the most beautiful and pure things that not to say that widows and orphans and the poor and the innocent aren't. But I think, you know, even more 
um, be more beautiful and just pure is the life of a of a baby of an innocent child inside of the womb. Yeah. Um, w- which I think this my problem with this article is just listening to it and reading it is is it kind of tries to take away from the the majesty of of a baby inside the womb tries yeah. to take away from the, the, the beauty of it. Um, really the, the, just the mystery of, of what God has created. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I guess that's initially hearing that article. And I guess a question, quick question to bounce off to you is, is this, um, a lot of, <clears throat> uh, uh, there's a, there's an artist, his name's propaganda. And I think one of his lyrics go, um, Something like he says, um, he's, he's re- referencing abortion. And he just says, yeah, we, we, like, we care about, uh, um, you know, lives too, or, you know, the unborn lives too. We also just care about black lives inside of the womb just as much as outside. Yeah. And I think that's kind of an argument brought up along the same, the same stream. So I wanted to ask you, you know, how how that argument is kind of presented and, you know, maybe you can also clarify kind of what you're thinking of, of this article, but also in that argument, because there's a big, you have a lot of good things I've heard you say, um, really challenging points that you've said about, um, about abortion and how it relates to the black community yep. and fatherlessness um, and things along those lines. So maybe you could get into that a little bit. Yeah. So, sorry, I'm not sure that I fully understood propaganda. What his, yeah, so, he's basically saying that is his argument basically that you should be just as concerned with a black baby in the womb. Just as much as outside. Uh, I would agree with that, 100%. Right. And I think, you know, even reading this quote, which, I mean, I don't, I don't know about you. I would I'm, agree I'm with sure, that as well, by the yeah, way. Yeah, no, 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 sorry, sorry. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know about you. I'm sure you could probably say the same, but I know a lot of, I have a lot of friends who would actually, who really line up with this ideology and this kind of what this reverend is saying in this quote, mm-hmm. who would argue that. Right. And, and I think the reason why this is, in my opinion, is kind of weak is because he, he it off, it's, it assumes that if you care about the unborn, you don't care about all those other people. You know, you don't care about the disenfranchised. You don't care about, you know, right. the minorities. You don't care about, he mentioned the aliens. He mentioned the widows. Mm-hmm. Uh, he mentioned the chronically poor, the incarcerated, the addicted. Yeah. Uh, I would say absolutely. Right. The Bible says we have to take care of all of them. Yeah. And and see, it's, it's this kind of weak philosophy. Well, when you start getting into, you know, comparing... The, the lesser of two evils, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? You're, you're already, you know, from a leadership perspective, you're already down, you know, you're already kind of down the, the ladder in that sense. Right. You know, God says that we need to look after the, all those people, the incarcerated, the addicted, the chronically poor, right? The aliens, the widows, all these people. And we also have to look at the unborn. Mm-hmm. It's not an either or scenario. Right. And for you to say, well, we're going to neglect the unborn because you guys neglect these people. Number one, we as a church, right, I'm speaking to the church, mm-hmm. we shouldn't be neglecting any of these people, period. That's good. Yeah. Right? If, if you're neglecting the incarcerated, the addicted, the widows, right. 
That's not like, oh, well, you know, if you're neglecting them, well, then fine. You know, we're going to neglect the unborn. It's like, no, step up. Mm-hmm. Right? Jesus set the standard. He said, right. take care of all these people. Mm-hmm. Right, t- look after the widow and the orphan. That's what it says. It says yeah. in the book of James, it says, yeah. religion considered acceptable by our father is this, to look after the widow and the orphan. Mm-hmm. Right? Jesus talked about helping the poor probably more than anything. He talked about his kingdom, and he talked about the poor. Mm-hmm. Probably a close second was healing the sick, right? which is ministry to the sick, mm-hmm. right, to the disenfranchised. See, Jesus was absolutely focused on those groups. But just because you feel that one group neglects them, for you to say, okay, well, that's why it's okay for us to be, yeah, you know, it's that's why it's okay to to not value the unborn as much or to put the unborn further down on the totem pole. I just, I just think it's it's a weak philosophy. I think right. you got to look after the unborn, and I think you have to look over, yeah. look after all those people. Yeah, because there's a common phrase that I I hear a lot too, and I'm sure you've heard. It. I've actually said it before. You know, I've taught it. You know, whether I'm teaching at cell or something, is God cares about life in the womb and up to the tomb. Mm-hmm. I think I got that from Tony Evans, right, yeah. a famous pastor. And the problem is, a lot of people use that statement to justify being pro-choice. Yeah. As a matter of fact, that statement is the exact opposite, right? It's pro-life, yeah, and it's also pro-compassion for everyone mm-hmm. who's alive, right? And so I, I think there's this false ideology that we've we've adopted, this this philosophy that we've adopted that says you either look after the poor and the disenfranchised, or you look or, after the unborn, yeah, but you can't look after both, no, yeah. And we're called to look after both. We're called yeah. to help both, yeah. Um, now. I would argue that the unborn of all of those categories is probably the most important one to look after. Right. They're all important. But the most important is because they are the most vulnerable. Yeah, 100%. You know? They're the most vulnerable. They are, if you look statistically and you look at the numbers, they're the ones that are the most discriminated against, mm-hmm. the most uh, disenfranchised. Yeah. The most... You know, I mean, it, yeah, there's there's a lot of poor people that are getting hurt, and we need to step up and do something about it. You know, there's the immigration thing and racism and all that. Those are very real problems. Yeah. You know, and as leaders, we can't ignore them. But the biggest elephant in the room is the unborn. What, 50 million babies? Right. Well, see, I call them babies. Now, a lot of people are like, no, 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 you know, that's a, that's a few. It's like, no, it's life. All life is valuable. And so I think as Christians, we have to value all life. Yeah. Uh, I don't think we have an excuse. You see, and this is what kind of falls, if you start to get political, a lot of people accuse conservatives of, well, you guys don't care about the poor, mm-hmm. which could be true in, in, in a lot of cases. You know, I, I, I don't think it's quite that simple. I, I don't I don't like putting people in a box. Yeah. You know, I don't like just saying, oh, well, you're conservative, so you don't care about the poor. And I don't like saying, oh, you're liberal, so you, you don't care about baby. I, I, don't, I don't play that game. Mm. You know, but... You, you got to look after the, the unborn. You yeah. got to look after the poor. You have to look after those who are less fortunate than you. Yeah. Now, what does that look like? Well, that, that's that's a huge <laughs> discussion, yeah. you know, but I'll tell you what, it doesn't look like abortion. Right. And I think that's important that, you know, like, let's get set the record straight. Like, God cares about life. Yep. Period. Yep. Period. From From whatever, you know. When you when we get to heaven, he's not gonna you know check your birth certificate or see <laughs> see where you were from or what school you went to. Like no, he cares about life. Yeah, and we as a church are called to defend life. Yep, all um, life. 
in in I think it's John chapter ten. Um, Jesus actually says that that the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but I have come so that you may have life and have it more abundantly. And that's the difference between between God and the devil is life and death. Yeah. Is that God God brings life. And he's called his church, he's called his people to protect life, to per, to protect the, the innocent. And I think where things get misconstrued is because people tend to, to yell louder for the lives of the unborn, or mm-hmm. at least seemingly. Yeah. Um, more than they would, you know, defend defend the lives of immigrants or defend the lives of of widows and, and orphans and other disenfranchised people. Um I think that, you know, I think why it gets tricky is because why, why for me, you know, looking from where I sit, um, why it makes me want to, I guess, react quicker to defend the lives, I guess, to maybe compare it that way. Yeah. It's not because I'm not because I'm racist, not because I hate orphans. I hate all the orphans in the world. (laughs) Like Nacho Libre. Yeah. Um, But it's. Because those are the lives that can't vouch for themselves, right? Yeah. Those are the lives that can't go march for themselves. They can't demand anything for themselves. Yeah. And to think about that number, 50 million, um, <clears throat> I'm curious to see what the numbers were on 2020 um, and in years past, just statistically. But, you know, it all comes down to, at the end of the day, and talking about like, you know, okay, 10 out of 10 Christians would, would believe that it's not okay to murder, right? Mm-hmm. I would say 100% of Christians would probably agree with that. Yep. Like, hey, Ten Commandments. Hopefully, <laughs> I think where things get where things get tricky is the actual definition of what is life and what that means and defending life. Because I think a lot of Christians, when they Christians that might defend abortion or pro-choice, is they get lost in the definition of life and when is life conceived and when it is this and that and is it three weeks or four or whatever um and to me that's just a tricky game to play when when you get caught up too much in definitions like how much sin is sin you know how much of an ounce of sin is sin when you start getting technical as to what's technically sin you're already i'd rather you're already out there i'd rather err on the side of caution you know what i mean like if if we get to heaven and god's like hey yeah actually you guys had like a three week period where you could have, I would have given you great. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it would have been like, oh, all right. All right. Well, at least I had that three week cushion. I, yeah. Yeah. I know I'm kind of poking fun at it, but I'd, I'd seriously rather err on the side of caution than, than, you know, if God says, thou shall not kill. Yeah. I probably just shouldn't kill, period. You know, yeah. like, you know what I mean? Um, and I think that's where people get, get messed up is because they don't really, they're, and I get it, um, in terms of this argument, um, that, that, uh, Reverend Warnock is saying is, 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 but, you know, I think kind of diving deeper, I think, you know, like what you always point to whenever we bring up abortion, whenever somebody brings up pro-life or pro-choice, I think there's a bigger problem yep. at hand. Yep. Um, I think there's a way bigger problem at hand than just the definition of life. Yeah. I think there's a lot of things that could be done beforehand that could prevent even having this discussion. Abortion is definitely the fruit 
of the tree. Mm-hmm. It is not the root. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of roots there. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think? What What is one of, I guess, to our listeners, to those listening to this, and, and maybe they're a little bit caught up in the emotions of things, I guess, but, you know, zooming out, looking at everything, where, because at the end of the day, we're not going to change somebody's definition necessarily of when they believe or what they believe abortion yeah. and life and that all of that is where do you think these roots are that we can start to examine that might bring a little bit more of common ground in this argument um so i think you got to start well let, let's just start with where the bible starts mm-hmm. right in genesis uh in genesis you know, when the first murder occurs, mm-hmm. you know, and God starts speaking about it, you know, there's a principle that he, he presents. Well, better yet, let, let's, let's step back a little further. Yeah. Bible says, a very famous scripture, you will reap what you sow. Mm-hmm. Right, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. The man will reap what he sows. Right, the same goes for society. A society will reap what it sows. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, Obviously, a lot of different philosophers and religions have kind of coined their own version of that. It originated with God and His Word. You know, you what goes around comes around, right? Or the idea of karma, mm-hmm. right? It's all just borrowed from from God. But we, as a society, we reap what we sow. Yeah. So the thing about abortion, and so going back to this, for example, right? Obviously, a really big practical example in twenty 2020 twenty slash twenty twenty one. There, there's a big clash between the idea of racism and abortion mm-hmm. and the and the idea where, you know, the, the argument was you guys don't support black lives, but you guys support the unborn, mm-hmm. right? That is a common argument against right. the church. You guys won't say black lives matter, but you guys stand, you know, for the unborn. Yeah. Or better yet... You'll show up at the pro-life march, but not at the civil rights march. Mm. Yeah. Right. You know, which is, is true. Yeah. You know, I think that is a valid thing. Mm-hmm. But what what you don't understand is that, you know, so it says in the book of Genesis, it says that bloodshed begins bloodshed. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we can cry for peace in the streets and we can, you know, cry for, you know, an end to a lot of these problems that we suffer as a society, right? Yeah. Racism. I mean, I'm, I'm using racism as the big elephant in the room because right. that tends to be the one that's kind of tied mm-hmm. with the pro-life, pro-choice abortion yeah. issue or, you know, sexism, you know, mm-hmm. whatever ism, you know, or not caring about the poor. But the problem is you reap what you sow. And as long as you're willing to disenfranchise one group, it's going to result in another being disenfranchised. Right. Bloodshed begets bloodshed, mm. right? Sin begets sin. Mm-hmm. The Bible, the Bible makes it very clear that sin, right? The Bible yeah. has a standard. Our society standard is very different, but God's standard never changed, right? And when you violate it, it just opens the door. Yeah. So you can't, you can't promote, you know, the the bloodshed of the unborn, yet claim for peace in the streets. And likewise, you can't advocate for the unborn, mm-hmm. but not want to see peace in the streets. Right. Right. It's, it's, it's cause and effect, right? That's, that's science's yeah. way of trying to categorize what God said. Mm-hmm. 
God does not mock the man will reap what he sows. Yeah. And so, you know, I think with the abortion issue, that's, that's a lot of where it starts is, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it sounds really basic, but the root is sin. Yeah. You know, as long as we allow certain evils in our lives or we tolerate evils in one realm, it's going to pop its head in the other. Sure. Um, you know, you also have to look at, I think, a lot of the cause or a lot of the environments that mm-hmm. breed mm-hmm. abortion. So, for example, if you look at statistics, most abortions happen, the majority of them, I'm not like the overwhelming majority, but a good handful occur in lower income neighborhoods, mm-hmm. you know, amongst minorities, you know, people who are in less economic status yeah. than others. And you have to look at that. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it is one thing, you know, and you absolutely, you, you do need to stand up for the unborn and, mm-hmm. you know, you do need to be pro, but you got to, if you're going to be a leader, right, this is a leadership podcast. If you want to address the problem, you know, what situations create the situation where a woman would likely want to get an abortion. Yeah. She gets pregnant, doesn't have money, right? The guy either decides not to be part of the equation or maybe together they don't even have enough money. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't have the resources they need. Yeah. I'm not saying that's every case, you know, but that is a large majority of the cases. If you got rid of that mm-hmm. right there, you know, you'd probably see abortion go down. So, Part of addressing the abortion issue is addressing the poverty issue. Mm-hmm. They're linked. Now, I'm not saying that poverty is a justification for abortion because it's not. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I would argue that if we as a society stepped away from abortion, mm-hmm. you would see poverty go away as well. They're linked. Right. <laughs> you know, um, wow. it's a spiritual principle. But. You know, you as a Christian, if you're going to be pro-life, you also have to look at poverty and be like, mm-hmm. okay, well, what can I do to help these people get out of this situation? Yeah. No, I, I'm obviously not advocating for socialism. I'm not a socialist by any means. And I know when you start having even those conversations about helping the poor. It's a slope. See, <laughs> slope. see yeah. like, like I said, all these, all these subjects, they just want to kind of shoehorn you in one yeah. box. Mm-hmm. I, I think we need to address and help the poor. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't think you need socialism to do it. Yeah. You know, I think that's our job. And I mean, okay, so to add on to that as well. Sorry, I'm just rambling. Just, just stop me when you're ready you're to good. stop me. You're good. <laughs> stop me. Okay. So let's talk about socialism, you know, and how it pertains to getting rid of poverty and abortion. Mm-hmm. You know, I honestly, I don't believe that it's the government's job to solve poverty or to mm-hmm. solve the abortion problem. It's our job. It's the church's job, but it's our job as a culture, right, to solve these problems. Yeah. So what has happened is now when you look at this area of poverty, right, which leads to abortion or greatly contributes to it, we'll say, you know, a lot of people who might be pro-choice like this pastor who's saying, you know, well, you guys don't care about the poor. The thing is, you know, it's not the government's job to take care of the poor. Mm -hmm. It's our job. Right. The Bible makes it very clear. It's the church's job to take care of the poor. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, what I, I find that we have done as a church, kind of generally, I'm not saying everyone, I'm not saying the church, but there is a, this ideology now where in order to be compassionate, you know, you got to vote in, you know, socialistic ideas, or you right. got to vote in yeah. leaders who are going to handle the poor, right? You got to vote for the government to take care of it. Mm-hmm. And the reason it just becomes this this abyss 
yeah. of just it's true. issues is because you're literally advocating your responsibility. Right. Right. People think, oh, you know, I, I guess I am getting a bit anti-socialist with this, you know, but I think if, if your idea of helping the poor is voting for the government to take mm -hmm. care of the poor, the problem's never going to be solved because it's your, it's your responsibility. Right. And if you're going to vote for the government to take care of them, you know, you're, you're not doing anything mm -hmm. about it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's our job. It's my job to be charitable. Yeah. You know, it's right. my job to help contribute. It's not my job to vote for people to do it. Yeah. Because then I'm advocating my wow. power, right? I'm not actually being as compassionate as I think I am. Yeah. See, and that's where a lot of that kind of idea of, oh, well, you know, voting for these kinds of things is compassionate. It's like, no, it's convenient. Yeah. If you're compassionate, you would go out there on Saturdays and hand out groceries. That's how we started our church yeah. in Santa Maria, right. not the block. Mm -hmm. We went and knocked door to door, gave out groceries. Some dangerous spots, man. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, who who does abortion fall on? I think it falls on us. I don't think it falls on mm -hmm. the government. Mm -hmm. It's a us problem. It's a culture mm -hmm. problem. It's, it's a yeah. church problem. And I think that's and I think that's super key. And I think you know, instead of being able to sit here and answer that question, can you be pro-choice and still be Christian? I think if you if you can't answer that question for yourself um, and you're a Christian or you follow Christ and you follow the teachings of Jesus, um, I think I think you need to take a step back and I think you need to, to read about Jesus <laughs> yeah. and read about what he did. Because it says that he, you know, when he was in front of the, the 5,000, says that he looked upon the crowds, he saw they had no food, and he had compassion. He saw these people with great lack in their lives everywhere he went, and he met them where they were. And I think, you know, what breaks my heart the most about abortion, other than, you know, the, the lives of these babies that are being aborted, is that the women and possibly the men that are in those rooms facing that decision. That I, I highly doubt that there's a small number of 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 women that go through that that just kind of do it willy-nilly yeah they kind of just do it you know ah, just another saturday you know I, I really think that there's a small number i think a lot of them are based on the science and we're not going to get into just biologically what happens to a woman after abortion even though it is crazy i urge you guys to look that up but um my heart goes out to those people that ha are faced with making those decisions because it, it tells me that they're Man, I wish I could be there with them, for them, and help them in some yeah. way, shape, or form. Yeah. Um, and I think when you look at those situations and you compare them to what Jesus did when he saw people that were hurting or broken or without, I think then you could better answer the question. Not necessarily only answer that question, can you be Christian and be pro-choice, but what should you do in those situations? What should you do with your money? What should you do with, yeah, your vote, but even your voice? Yeah. You know, about caring for life, period. Yeah. Like that that right there is, and when we're talking about applicable things that our listeners can go out and do, you know, yep. instead of getting into arguments about it, hey, how about we meet people where they are? How about we step back from those heated discussions and anybody who's going to come at us after they hear that, after they hear this and maybe 
you bigots, you're just men, you know, you just, yeah, I think instead of getting fiery with those people, I would rather much, I would much rather spend time with, you know, with women who are in, in those positions. (laughs) That sounds funny, but women that are in those, I would much rather spend time talking to them or maybe, you know, even just doing this. Maybe there's somewhere out, someone out there that's going to hear this and be inspired and feel motivated and feel loved because, hey, here's at the end of the day, no matter what we define it as, God still cares about those lives. He cares about the lives of those babies in the womb and all the people involved in making that decision. Yep. Is he created all of those lives. Yeah. And he brought them into being. Not, not us, not even the parents. God made that happen. Yeah. Um, and he cares about it and he cares about you. And, you know, maybe when we have these discussions, we think about it more than just, than just what it is for face value, but go a little deeper because I think that's really what, what people need to start talking about and start getting into is the deep, the depth of these conversations. Yeah. Having compassion. Compassion. You know, it's like you asked, or like you said, what can you do practically about the issue? Mm. So number one, you can show compassion. See, I mean, kind of what this pastor's talking about, and obviously the pro-choice, pro-life abortion issue has become highly political. Yeah. But the problem's not going to be solved with a vote. Yeah. Because, I mean, let's be real. You know, we had a conservative political government for the last four years. Well, first two years of it was the House, the Senate, and the executive branch were all Republican-controlled. Right. And then that shifted a little bit after two years, but— how much did abortion go down? Or how, how much was that problem addressed? I don't think it was. I mean, there, there, there was some, I don't, I don't want to say nothing happened. I mean, there, there was some, you know, in my view, positive financial things. You know, we stopped uh, financing abortions overseas, for example, and there, there were some positive moves. You know, I, I don't want to completely say that there was no progress made on that front. Which is so crazy to me, too. <laughs> right. Abortion overseas. That we pay, anyways. Yeah, we'll we'll do a whole nother episode on that. But you see, it, as an engineer, when I look at the data, that shows me that my vote is not going to solve abortion. Right, the government's not going to solve abortion. The culture is going to solve it. Yeah, the church stepping up and leading the culture is going to solve it. And you can't just specialize in one. It's not like oh, you specialize in the unborn, but you know the poor or whatever or these whatever. Jesus didn't specialize in that. Jesus didn't say, oh, you know, I'm right. here to help the poor. I'm here to help the sick. Right. But the widows, you know. Yeah, wait your turn. <laughs> yeah, they're further <laughs> down the list. No, he, he was compassionate. He had right. compassion on people who needed it. Mm-hmm. You know, and the answer for the abortion problem is not, you know, being more pro-life in that sense. It's mm-hmm. not a political discussion. It's not voting for it. You vote with your feet. It's yeah. your action. It's what right. you do. You know, it's what you step up and do. And so what can you do practically to step up and be pro-life? You know, there's a lot of things. Number one, you know, go serve in your community. Mm-hmm. You know, go serve in charity. You know, go contribute to causes, whether it's the church or whether there's nonprofits that provide actual real help for people. Yeah. Because taxes don't do that. I know there's this, there's this idea where, you know, if we get more taxes, it's going to help more poor people. It just doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Usually the more taxes, the, the wealthier our politicians get. Most of it mm. doesn't get sent to our communities. And if it does, it's it's in a very inefficient manner, wasted. Yeah. A very small amount of it does, and they don't even manage it well, so it right. doesn't really help. <laughs> you know, 
go out and go look at yeah. some charities. You know, maybe we'll we'll post some charities on on our Instagrams or something to to get people yeah. involved. You know, go out and serve your in your community. Right. You know, go out and serve families. You know, one of the coolest things that I, I remember, one of the coolest church experiences I've ever had, was when I was I think ten years old. I was at Foursquare. Mm-hmm. They had this ministry that my mom was a part of, and she served heavily into. It was called Smiles. Mm. It stands for Single Mothers in Loving Embrace. Wow. Or so, something. But it was basically a ministry where the church and people, you know, from the community would come and would serve single mothers. They'd provide groceries, like tons mm-hmm. of groceries, give toys. And it was every week or every other week, I don't remember, but every, you know, we'd go there Saturday mornings. Yeah. I remember I was, I was kind of bored at times because, you know, I'm a kid. I want to go out and do stuff, but. Just the impact of seeing that, like, wow, this is what the answer looks like. Right. You know, is standing up and helping provide for people who need provision. Sure. You know, through charity and through sharing your resources in that matter. You know, not through having the government do it. Yeah. Uh, but just going out and serving mm-hmm. your community. And uh, just overall, just your your mentality and your mindset and your philosophy is, I don't condone, uh, what's the opposite of compassion? Hate. I don't condone hate. Uh, okay, better yet, you know, this philosophy where I'm compassionate on all fronts. Right. There's not one front where I'm less compassionate. Yeah. It's not like, well, I'm really for the unborn and, you know, the poor, okay, you know, but. Yeah. No, I'm 100% for the unborn. Then, oh, I'm 100% for the poor. Yeah. I'm 100% for, you know, the disenfranchised, for those in prison, mm. right? I'm, I'm for everyone. Yeah. And that's what I was about to say is if you want your, if you want to further, you know, convince people of a pro-life argument hey how about you be pro-life period yeah like period everybody that you just exactly what you just said yep be pro-life in the way that you speak in the way that you give in the way that you walk in the way that you talk be about life yep and back up and promote life with your dollar with everything and i think you'll have a much more convincing uh, not that life's all about convincing arguments but or, or presenting arguments to people, but, you know, to have that, you know, like Paul says, to be be ready to give um, an explanation for your faith in season and out of season, that you would be ready to explain why you believe what you believe about life all the time, that yeah. you defend life, period, not just black lives, brown lives, white lives, unborn lives, immigrant lives, but l- life that we we would be a church that defends life and that opens our arms to everybody who is without. Yep. We just need to be better. Yep. Well, I'm going to commit to you today, Kenny. I'm going to do better. That's my commitment to you. Yeah. So. We're anyways. doing it. Yeah. So, can you be a Christian and pro-choice? Ultimately, you know, God's word does not align with the philosophy behind abortion. I do not believe you can, I do not believe God endorses abortion. Mm -hmm. I do not believe when you read the Bible, you can interpret it in such a way that says abortion is okay. Um, You know, God makes it very clear that he values life in the womb. It says, before you were in the womb, I knew you. While you were in the womb, I called you by name. Mm -hmm. And uh, the Bible makes it very clear that God is very intentional with every life whether it's intentional by us or accidental, uh, whether it's planned or unplanned. Mm-hmm. You know, God values it, and that's what the Bible teaches. You know, and that is the philosophy that I 
accept and adopt. That is a worldview I have. You know, that yeah. all life is valuable. And therefore, I will stand up for all life. Mm-hmm. Especially the unborn. Because they're the most disenfranchised right now. Yeah. Right? But that doesn't mean I neglect the others. Right. It doesn't mean I, I neglect the, the poor. It doesn't mean I neglect the... You know, the disenfranchised, it doesn't mean I neglect the prison ministries, it yeah. doesn't mean I neglect the widows and the orphans. No. It's a whole package. Right. You can't can't poke holes in it. So that that's that's my story and I'm sticking to it. There it is. That wasn't <laughs> as, as painful as I thought it was gonna be. <laughs> cool. So, what about you? Yeah. No, I'm I need to do uh you know myself. Personally, I need to do a better job of showing that, you know, of modeling that because I say it and I can articulate it. But how do I model it on all fronts? Um, because at the end of the day, um, that's really what matters, right? Is what you're what you're doing, not how you're voting. Yep. Or what you're saying over a microphone or the things you repost on Instagram. Yeah. But what are you doing about it? Yeah. That's the key. Got to do. Nike, baby. Just do it. All right. Well, hey, next week we're going to come back with uh, <laughs> something maybe a little more taboo. Let's do it, man. Uh, but we'll probably talk a lot more about this in the future. But, hey, you know, thanks for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, you know, wherever you listen to podcasts. And make sure you give us a positive review if you like what you're hearing. Even if you don't, give us a positive review. We'll appreciate it. You know, you can send your questions to monumentsandmovements at gmail.com or you can personally call, message me or Kenny. I'm sure you probably have our numbers or you can have our messages on Instagram. Until next time. Peace. Peace.